Hello, I'm Phil Dobby and welcome to the Vantage Performance Podcast with Michael Fingland. Today, Queensland now has a labour hire licensing law, which means all labour hire firms need a licence. Have you got one? Or do you work with a company that needs one? If they don't, not only should you not work with them, you should report them or be liable. We'll look at what you need to know about this new law, which has far-reaching consequences today on the Vantage Performance Podcast. So if you're in a labour hire business, you now need to apply for a licence to keep operating. It came in on the 15th of June. So actually, if you haven't done it and you're still operating, then what do you need to do? Well, actually, you shouldn't be operating at all. That's the answer to that one. And if you use a labour hire firm in your business, you need to ensure they're compliant with this new law. So what is this new law? And perhaps more importantly, why is this new law? And who does it apply to? And uh, what if you haven't done anything about it yet? There's lots of questions to start with for my. Michael Fingland, Executive Director and CEO of uh, Vantage Performance. So to, to give it its official title, this is the Labour Hire Licensing Act 2017. It applies in Queensland. It came into effect actually on the 16th of April this year, didn't it? But you had until the 17th, uh, 15th of June to apply for a licence. So first off, who has to apply for a licence? Yeah, good morning, Phil. Yeah, certainly uh, some pretty serious questions there that, that you've opened up with, which certainly exercised um, many minds over the last few months and particularly the last couple of weeks as everyone was rushing to to at least lodge an application. But essentially, if you are in the business of providing labour, construction, mining, mining services, uh, agriculture, farming, a lot of a lot of farmers use uh, labour hire businesses mm. um, to provide a lot of uh, pick and pack type type labour force. So that, that's, that's where this is primarily aimed at. It's not aimed at consulting services and things like that. But it is it is an extremely uh, serious new law that's come in. You know, there is jail time. There is serious right. financial penalties if you don't comply. And you know, what we'll run through today is is a sort of ten point checklist that we've that we've come up with, which the government is going to use as a lens to determine two two critical things. One, are you a fit and proper person to be running a labour hire business? Uh, and is your business financially viable? And the government has come up with some really, uh, it's going to be very easy for companies to trip up, let's right. just say that. So presumably it's there to try and protect the workers, to make sure mm. that the workers uh, are, are not being uh, treated un- unfairly. Uh, so if uh, if you're using one mm. of these firms that's not licensed, I mean, mm. are you liable? You are absolutely liable. There are significant fines for the employer. So there's now a positive obligation on every employer that's using labour hire to ensure that during this intermediate period that their, their supplier has lodged an application uh, and then down the track, obviously, to ensure that contractor um, has been granted a licence. And if you are aware, and this is the really uh, interesting one that hasn't got a lot of um, airtime yet, but we've certainly sought some legal advice on this. If you, if a financier, employer, clearly employer but if, if or, or customer, but even if um, their accountant, their lawyer, their financier, is aware that the, that a lab, their client is not licensed and continues to operate, there is a positive obligation on them to notify the department. They've got a W. So right. the net is far-reaching. But how can you how can you tell how how can you do, how can you actually tell whether they have a license or not? I mean, other than just asking them. Yeah. So yeah, quite. I mean, the government has made this pretty easy. There is a website where you can go on there and you can type the name of your client in or your sub, your supplier in. Um, and well, there's two portals. One, those that have already been granted and those that have applied. So there's a complete list and there's roughly 4,000. So, you know, we, we now know the size of the, the labour hire uh, 
you know, uh, industry in, in Queensland, there, there's 4,000 applications thereabouts mm. uh, currently going through the process. So that's the quantum. And, and by having this deadline of last Friday, they, they forced everybody to at least lodge an application. But a lot of these uh, applicants are not going to pass the test if the government applies these tests stringently, which they say right, they are. So what are the tests then? Let's go through. So this is the 10-point checklist that you have to follow mm, in that case. Mm. And the, the, num- the first and foremost is, is did you lodge an application by, the, by last Friday? Because um, the, the implications are if you haven't, you have to cease trading. If you're a labour hire business and you didn't lodge your application, wow. you, are na- you are now liable. You are now in breach. You have to cease trading immediately. Because the argument being, well, you've had uh, since April to get you out. You, you, you've had since April, mm. and they've been talking about this for you know since September last year. So you, you had you've got to stop trading. That, it's very clear. And if you're a, a labour hire business getting into the game now, you cannot start operating until you've applied for a license and been granted one. So there's some really big implications. So there was a mad flurry last week, as you can imagine, and it sort of caught a lot of a lot of stakeholders on the hop. Uh, a lot of financiers weren't aware of it. They'd heard about it, but didn't really understand the implications. Right. Uh, a lot of corporates haven't. So that's the first one. So they didn't get in by the deadline. Technically, they have well, not technically legally. They have to stop trading. Wow. Uh, so that's that's a, that's the big one. So we're certainly encouraging you know all companies and financiers to to ensure that their clients um, have lodged a, an application. Um, whether they're going to get granted one down the track is is another matter. We'll come on to that. But that's first and foremost. Um, now this is the second question is 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 really far reaching. So, what they're trying to do is catch out Phoenix operators, which is which is which is fantastic. So they're trying to stop those, and, and it is rife in the in the building and, and, and mining services sector. You know, labour hire businesses. It's very easy for businesses just to tick and flick and start up again. Mm. Um, uh, this is a good measure. So, second question is: Were you a member? So not just. Were you a director of a company that had previously gone into VA liquidation or receivership? But has any member of your management team, so CEO, CFO, FC, GM, so it's not just legal directors, have you been involved in a liquidation? Right. Any, it's any of your management team. So, and, and this is this is the really that's quite far-reaching, is, though, isn't it? I mean, if you have it is, it is. If you've got someone who's on the management massive. management team who's uh, who has been involved mm. in a in a business that's that's gone under, you know, for 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 whatever reason, I mean, no fault of their own, through no yep. fault of their own, absolutely. And then they're not actually in a in necessarily in a financial position. They might be in a mm. in a in a person management type role. That's uh, right, and and they could have been, you know, the CFO of a subsidiary of a multinational group or a national group, and. Or, or a division, and and they have to answer that test. And this is the thing: not only does the director and the company have to lodge and 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 and, and um, swear an affidavit that that they haven't been um, one of those, every single management as part of your application, every single member of your management team has to also um, sign that declaration. Wow! So it's not so so every so what we're we're expecting to see is a lot of um, because it runs so deep, a lot of clients. Businesses won't have got declarations from every one of their management teams. They'll just assume it's from the directors. So every single management member has to sign the declaration as well as the directors that they've never been involved in a liquidation receivership. And the deal. third question is going down this 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 same road as well, isn't it? Because it has a yep. company related to you ever gone into voluntary administra- administration receivership or liquidation? Mm. A company related mm. to you. So this is mm. so. I mean, if if you answer no to either of those questions, does that mean you're automatically not going to uh, pass the checklist, or do, or does it just mean? Or well, if you answer yes, yes. Yeah. So if if you answer yes, yes to any of these, yeah. so, then you are in a you know, extremely uncertain zone. Right. Because the government's saying it could take up to six months to get all these applications approved. You can still trade while your application's pending. 
But if if you if you fall foul of any of these questions, you know, one question, you know, <laughs> you might be okay, but two, three, four questions out of the ten, then you are in a real zone of uncertainty and but and so you now you need to take action now to try and work out how do you what can you do now to bolster your case um, to try and overcome some of these um, these hurdles uh, which is which is critical because and we'll come back to this but if 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 you get the notification that your application's been denied you have to cease trading or lodge a uh, a case for um, uh, referral within 28 days so you won't if you wait till you get the the denial, 28 days is not a lot of time to put initiatives into place to rectify a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's go. Yeah. Well, let's carry on then. So, we're up to point number four on this on this 10-point checklist. So, where are yep. we with this one? Yep. So, as part of your application, you had to lodge a business plan, a cash flow forecast, your up-to-date financials, and a profit and loss forecast. So, a lot of businesses, um, particularly in the S to SME space, don't prepare that on a regular basis. So, mm. will they have lodged that as part of their application? And the, the key is you've got to, as part of your license obligations, every six months you have to provide updated information and then you have to reapply every 12 months. So the, the, the red tape here is just enormous. Now, these are things that companies should already be, already be you know, preparing, but yeah. a lot of them don't. So you're going to catch a lot of small businesses out here. Yeah, and then, and the, the fifth one yep. is: Have you made a loss uh, this financial year to date, or last yep. financial year? Yep. I mean, so, that's going to get a lot too. Yeah. So as you can see, the first three are very much about: Are you a fit and proper person to be running this business? Yeah. Or as a company, the, the, these next two or three are all about your financial viability. So if you've been making losses, they'll be able to use that to deny your application. Um, you know, so that's what that's what five's about. Have, did you make a loss last year? This year? Um, and so if you get denied, obviously one of your mitigants will be, yes, we've had some issues, but here's our turnaround plan. Here's our plan going forward. So there, there will need to be a credibility infusion um, like we would normally do in a turnaround to, to try and get over this hump if they get denied. Um, again, question six, all about negative. They're looking at your balance sheet now. So do you have negative net assets, negative working capital? Um, that's going to be a, a market they look at. You know, do you have a, a positive uh, current ratio of, of current assets to liabilities of one or more, the, the usual balance sheet test, cash flow test that they're going to look very hard at. Mm. And certainly the expectation is they're going to be applying this this lens very, very strictly. So it is just going to knock out a lot of small businesses. And seven and eight as well uh, mm. to do with, you know, are, are you up on your super contributions for your staff and are, uh, yep. are you behind on your payments to the ATO? Yeah. Uh, that, that, that'll take a few down as well, I would have thought. It will take a lot down. It'll take a lot down because, and even if you're in a payment plan, because they're, they're looking at can you, are you financially viable? That's the big broad test. Are you a financially viable business? So if you've got multiple tax plans in place, if you've had multiple plans you've had to do over the years, you, you might have been behind in your super, but you've got a super plan in place, you know, in their eyes, it'll be well. Are you really financially viable? You've got all these, all these um, you know, creditors on on payment plans. It's going to be easy for them to to deny your application. So, um, so what about this next one as well? This, I mean, this mm. seems a bit far-reaching too. I mean, have you uh, have you ever been cautioned, suspended, cancelled, or refused by a professional industry body in or in the last mm. five years? Applied for or held a statutory license or accreditation for a business that was refused, suspended, cancelled, a condition imposed, yep. or disciplinary action taken? That, it seems yep. like they're trying to take everybody out on this. Yeah, that one could take. It's as far-reaching as that second one around the management team. So, um, the, you know, being 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 denied a, a license to operate in your industry—that that's pretty clear what that means. But 
have you ever had a license cancelled or been refused by a professional industry body? So have you, if you've ever applied to be a member of a professional body and been denied, mm. they're, 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 they're trying to dig deeper into, well, if you, could, if you were denied a, you know, application to be a, you know, Institute of Credit Management or AICD or CPA or any of those things or, or your own industry body, AIM, uh, they're trying to look at, well, if you were refused there, well, it's like a proxy. They're, they're trying to look at proxies. Mm. Um, that's a proxy for fit and proper person because if they denied your application, there's probably a good reason why. So, well, that's their assumption, right? So it could be very unfair, but that's extremely far-reaching. And if you and if you lie on your declaration, there's some pretty significant implications. What is that? I mean, clearly they're going after cowboys in, in this, aren't they? They're, they're saying, they well, okay, this is a lot of cowboys in this industry. What are the wor- yeah. what are the questions we can ask them to try and highlight who those cowboys mm. are? But it sounds like yep. uh, you might, they might get quite a few innocent players in amongst it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and the, the, the number ten is is obvious. Have you ever been convicted of any serious criminal offenses? So yeah. that that, that one's fine. Fit well, the proper person. They can I, have I can't get that. They can have that one. <laughs> yeah, but. It, but but again, I mean, what other industry, you know, so if, you've, if you've ever committed offence, even minor, yeah. that could stop you or your whole business from, from operating. Is that is that yeah. fair? Yeah, I mean, if, you've, if you've done your time, you know, so I, I get the, the reasoning here and maybe they're trying to stomp out serious crime here where they're using businesses as a front, um, potentially. So so it is, it is, you know, they've come up. These are, these are the 10 questions that we've gleaned from, from a very broad, broad and far-reaching sort of criteria of, of issues that they will use to determine, you know, do you fall foul of the application? So is this, I mean, they, it seems a little draconian, if I, you know, mm. it's certainly far-reaching, yep. doesn't it? Are there, are there similar laws in other states or is this peculiar to Queensland? No, it's it's just WA are now looking into it, Victoria as well. Um, so it, it is, and it seems to be other Labor domiciled um, states where they are looking to introduce these sort of laws. So the, the real question here is how how mm. strict and how far-reaching will they go? Are they just going to knock out the obvious ones where they've had two or three companies that they've liquidated before and it looks like, you know, it's kind of like they're doing the job for the ATO, um, trying to stamp out rogue behaviour, which which is which I, which I get. But it's all the unintended consequences here. That's the big issue is all of those good op- operators who have had yeah. a tough time but they're coming through um, under this criteria, they could easily be you know, denied application and there could be massive job losses as a result of all this. Well, I mean, if you are a company that's using these labour hire companies, I mean, you, you'd mm. be looking at all of this and thinking, well, is the company that we're, the, or the companies that we're using now, are they going to be around in uh, you know, the end of this process, even if they put their, mm. their application in? Are they going to be around mm. at the end of it? Should we keep using them? Can we trust anybody? Should we start hiring people directly ourselves? I mean, that could, that could be an upshot from all of this, couldn't it? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, it's, it's, it's huge. So it's, it's massive for the labour hire supplier um, across all those sectors. But we were talking about this the other day in the farming community. So a lot of farmers rely upon foreign workers to do the picking and packing. Mm. And they are typically brought into Australia via labour hire businesses. So that that's the model. So uh, if they have not applied, um, you, you've, you've lost your entire workforce. Mm. Um, or there's going to be at least massive disruption until you find another, another supplier. And, and as we know, the reason that is the case is because a lot of Australians don't want to do that work. No. So there could be massive disruption in the agri-space. Yeah, very expensive bananas next season. Yeah, exactly right. And, you know, one of our other clients, you know, turns over about 140 or thereabouts, they're now scrambling. I'm not scrambling, but they've, they've been going through a process to, to ensure all of their suppliers 
um, have lodged. Because if you're a large business, you could have you know, a whole range of subbies um, that you are now positively obligated to, to seek and get confirmation back they've lodged. So, and, you know, there's no guidance as to how long you've got to get that confirmation, but, but it's just caused a lot of work for a lot of people. And, mm. and it is very far-reaching. So, you know, does it stamp out 10% of the, the industry? Does it go further? Um, how disruptive is this going to be? Because the legislation is quite clear. You have to stop operating if you haven't applied. And you only have 28 yeah. days to shut down or build a case to, to lodge a, uh, an application to, to dispute your denial. Um, and that's what we're saying. You know, even if you have lodged and you've answered at least one or two of these questions, um, you've got a window of a few weeks to maybe six or nine months before you get your application back to work out what strategic options have you got to rectify those issues. So if it's a balance sheet issue, you know, do we need to raise debt or equity? Um, will there be a lot of uh, mergers that take place because you might lose your licence um, and you won't be able to resolve uh, the issues that they're looking at. So will you need to quickly sell your business, merge your business? So I think there's going to be a lot of consensual mergers in that SME space uh, because yeah. because you just you have to stop trading. So you're in a runoff situation. Massive implications for financiers. You know, if their clients have to cease trading in 28 days. It's an immediate receivership um, type scenario. And there's going to be a lot of people who have been in businesses that have gone into voluntary administration going to be out of work. Mm. Still, there'll be lots, of, be lots of jobs working for uh, the Queensland uh, government uh, processing all of these applications, so maybe they can go and take a job there. Uh, <laughs> well, thank you for making us aware of all of this. Mm. Uh, it sounds like a nightmare. It's going to be uh, a very busy year while people try mm. and figure out where they stand in all of this. Thanks, Michael. Right. Cheers, Phil. Wow. Huge repercussions, it seems. And that is the Vantage Performance Podcast. I'm Phil Dobby. That was Michael Thingland. We'll be back again with another one pretty soon. We'll see you then. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.